podcast. Today we are going to be answering your questions from Instagram and uh, talking about various events that have happened over the week. Um, so starting off with the Q&A. So the first question is, no president ever gets everything they want. What major legislations will Bernie get done and which ones might slip away? Well, I think um, Bernie will definitely get marijuana legalized. I think that's going to be because it has um, bipartisan and bipartisan support in the Senate. Um, you know, like Steve Daines, Rand Paul, um, you know, we, those kind of Republicans and even the more moderate Republicans um, would definitely hop on board with that. Um, I guess the main question is whether McConnell would let it get to um, a vote. But now thinking about it, um, Bernie could actually lift the ban on uh, marijuana via executive order. So I think that's something that will definitely get done. Um, in terms of, I think he could definitely get us out of some of the wars um, that we've been in overseas. I mean, last year he did uh, use the War Powers Act for the first time since it, since it was uh, enacted. And it got passed, but um, Donald Trump vetoed it. Well, I think as president, uh, he would definitely, you know, get us out of Yemen, um, you know, the Saudi-led conflict in Yemen. And also another thing I think Bernie would get done is um, importing prescription drugs from Canada. He was also a author that, of that bill um, in the Senate, and it just barely failed. Um, Cory Booker voted against it and a couple others. But I think as president, he could definitely um, pressure people to get that passed in the Senate. Now, in terms of bigger issues like Medicare for All and free college, that's going to take some fighting for. I think if he's in the White House for eight years, he could possibly get it done because... Here's the thing. Obama lost a bunch of seats uh, when he was president because, you know, of his lack, I guess, uh, a lot of people were not too happy with the job he was doing in office. But also, in the past 50 years, the um, incumbent party typically doesn't do as well as in midterm elections. But Obama's losses were terrible. It was like 18 governorships, um, over 800 state and Senate Senate and um House seats, and then um, in terms of U.S. Congress, um, it was like 20 Senate seats, or it was something ridiculous like that. So he lost a supermajority in both chambers um, as president, and that's pretty much unheard of. Like, yeah, the the incumbent party typically doesn't do as well in midterm years, but they don't do that bad, and that's because Obama didn't really live up to many of his promises and um, sold out, I guess, to the establishment. Um, but with Bernie, I feel like if he gets some things done and approves and makes his case, I think he wouldn't lose as many in, in the Senate. Now, we look with Donald Trump. You know, we hate the guy. He's a piece of shit. But, like, he got the tax bill passed. It's terrible, I know. But he got the tax bill passed, and he did some of the stuff that he promised he was going to do. And as a result of that, yeah, he lost the House. But he gained two seats in the Senate. He campaigned for the Senate. He didn't campaign for the House. So that's something to look at. So he definitely, Trump, in the midterms, definitely did better than Obama did in the midterms um, in 2010. So I think if Bernie can at least prove himself and um, get a lot of stuff done that he promises, whether even though if that's not like Medicare for All or Free College or the Green New Deal, I think that he'll be able to actually potentially gain seats down the road in his re-election. If he happens to win re-election, he'll definitely gain some seats um, in the Senate. So I think later on the road, I think he'll be able to get 
um, Medicare for All and Free College done. But that's going to be four, six years down the road. Now, my next question is, do you follow Canadian politics? Not necessarily. I was following the Canadian election. I was a big supporter of Jugmeet Singh. Um, I really liked what he preached. He said, instead of getting out your credit card, you're going to get out your health card um, for prescription drugs. So he believed in like universal um, prescription drugs and a lot of other progressive policies. So I guess the only time I've really followed Canadian politics was the Canadian federal election earlier this year. My next question is, when and if Medicare for All is passed, should we push for nationalizing the health industry? I say yes. The UK has a um, NHS, National Health Service, and um, it's pretty successful. Of course, now it's it's facing cuts uh, by the Conservative Party. I absolutely think we should push for an NHS system. We could definitely benefit from that. Uh, the next question is, what do you think about a progressive movement in the South? I think it's absolutely necessary. So you look at a lot of these southern states. You look at like Alabama, Mississippi, and a lot of them are just poverty ridden. Like the poverty rate in Alabama is like 17%. That's nearly one in five people. They could definitely benefit from a progressive movement like, you know, universal health care, free college, improving education, and uh, green jobs. In states like West Virginia and Kentucky, I think the Green New Deal is absolutely necessary. Because uh, a lot of these jobs are being lost. Coal mines are shutting down. And I think the states of like West Virginia and Kentucky and other southern states could definitely benefit from higher paying jobs and job training. Here's the problem though. A lot of these southern states, you know, they happen to be more religious. And they typically put religion into politics more than they put policy into a politic, into politics. Um, I know a lot of people that I've talked to. They will not vote for a Democrat because Democrats support abortion and they don't support abortion. And it's just that issue. Like it could be the perfect candidate and they're not going to vote for that person. Then they'll vote Republican because of the Democrats view on abortion. So I'm afraid um, the progressive movement in the South, unless somehow, and they really shouldn't try to pander with the view of, abor- of abortion, but Unless somehow people decide to put that aside, I don't really see it um, you know, moving down south. Now my next question here is, do you support any Republican member over Bernie in the Senate, Congress, or Governor? Um, I really can't say I do. You know, there's really not a whole lot of politicians out there that have fought like Bernie has. And that have been that consistent. You know, there's good Republicans, like, you know, you have your more moderates like Lisa Murkowski. And even like Phil Scott in Bernie's home state. But um, I really can't see myself voting for those type of Republicans over Bernie. Next question and last question is, will this Ukraine shit be good for Bernie because it exposes Biden? Honestly, I don't think it's going to change Biden's um, stance or position in the Democratic primary at all. I think it's actually helping Trump in the general election, though. You know, the president is guilty and everything, but he's so good at deflecting and making Biden and the other Democrats look bad. And people, he's hes manipulative. And people will fall for that shit. So honestly, I think it's helping Trump in the general election. I don't think it's hurting Biden in the Democratic primary. What I think hurts Biden in the uh, Democratic primary is going to be Buttigieg. Um, and even then, it might not even hurt Biden. And it might hurt Warren more. But 
here's the thing about Biden's stance in the Democratic primary. I don't think he's leading his opponents in the primary by double digits. I think that's absolutely bogus. I don't know. Because they're using the same voting groups from 2016 and they're polling higher class neighborhoods. And of course, they're going to say Biden or even Warren and definitely Buttigieg. So I think the polling is absolutely skewed and they're sampling, they're oversampling older voters, which typically will vote for the guy they know. And that guy they know is Joe Biden. And um, it'll be interesting to see just how off these polls are. In 2018, um, younger voters outvoted boomers for the first time ever. And they're not sampling young voters like they should be. They're undersampling them. I think young voters are going to turn out like we've um, seen in 2018. I think they're going to turn out like that in 2020 for uh, Bernie, for sure. And I think you're going to see a lot of Latino turnout, too. And perhaps something that might hurt Biden, you know, his more moderate stance on immigration and Bernie's uh, free-for-all stance on immigration, I guess is how some people put it, you know, wanting to put a moratorium on deportations. Um, I think that'll definitely earn him some respect within the Latino community. And I think that's going to push people away that are Latino from Biden. Absolutely. So maybe that'll hurt Biden a little bit is um, basically what he says. But I don't think this Ukraine stuff is going to really hurt him at all in the primary. News of the week. So, billionaire Michael Bloomberg has officially entered the 2020 Democratic field. Now, here's something interesting. He is the richest candidate right now in the Democratic primary. And even more interesting, he's skipping the first four primary states. Now, here's the thing. People are scared that he's going to buy this election. At this point in time, people already have their minds made up. If he's not in the ballot... In the early states, which typically will determine the nomination, you know, if let's say Bernie wins Iowa and then New Hampshire, keeping in mind Bernie did not win um, Iowa in 2016, but he won New Hampshire. Um, but if he wins Iowa and New Hampshire, if he wins those two, it's going to really affect um, his numbers in South Carolina. It will definitely boost his numbers. But with Bloomberg, if he's not included in those first four states I just I don't see a path to victory no matter how much money he dumps in this race and like no and his policies like with African Americans with like stop and frisk and being against the uh, legalization of marijuana I I can't see them getting on his side either and no person has won the Democratic primary in the last 30 years without having a majority of African Americans supporting them and I absolutely don't see African Americans supporting Bloomberg um, just with his stance on stop and frisk alone. And if the establishment seriously thinks that Bloomberg is a replacement for Biden, oh, they are so they are so screwed. And they know Biden's failing. And that's why you see these people getting into the race last minute uh, to attempt to replace Biden. But it's not going to happen. They're, you know, Biden's probably not going to get the nomination at this point. It's just looking more and more unlikely um, as time goes on. And uh, speaking of Biden, at a recent campaign rally, he was confronted by a protester who was um, protesting the Obama administration's record on deportation. And he pointed out the 2.9 uh, million deportations that occurred under the Obama administration. And he called for Biden to um, put a halt 
to deportations. Now, Biden responded to this protester by telling him just to go vote for Trump. First of all, that just makes absolutely no sense. And second of all, it's snarky and it um he's basically telling him to go fuck himself. That's literally what he's saying. And that's just not how you handle a protester. You try to reason with the protester. You know, there's just better ways to handle it. And I don't think um, Biden handled that, uh, you know, well at all. Now, another thing happened at that same rally. It was a climate protester who demanded that Biden stop taking donations from the fossil fuel lobby. And Biden told that person that they listened to Bernie too much. Like, <laughs> like, is he trying to lose a nomination at this point? Like, it's like he doesn't want to be in the race. He's He's like having... One of those, who am I and why am I here moments. Now let's talk about the substance of what Biden said. So, he's basically saying, oh, you know, you listen to the guy that gives a shit. Shame on you. You're an idiot. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I just, he was not having a good day. He, that was not a good rally for him. It was really just kind of unnecessary, to be honest. Um, you know, he's just, he calls for unity and all that. And then he says stuff like this. Now, speaking of protesters at rallies, um, Elizabeth Warren also encountered some protests at her rallies. Um, these protesters were school choice protesters, and uh, they were advocating for the expansion of charter schools. And they were protesting Warren's stance on charter schools. Uh, now, here's the thing. It doesn't really make any sense because Warren, you know doesn't support abolishing charter schools like Bernie does. Like, why wouldn't they just go protest Bernie's rally, you know? Um, Warren just supports, like, increased transparency standards. So basically, charters that aren't corrupt are going to have no effect whatsoever. So, if there's something to protest about Elizabeth Warren, that's probably the last thing anybody would think of. But... Obviously, these were not normal people protesting um, the privatization of the school system because expanding the school choice does just that. It takes funds away from the public school system and funds more and more charter schools, for-profit charter schools. So, like I said, these weren't everyday people. These protesters were actually funded by the Waltons, the family that owns Walmart and Sam's Club. Now, you might think, well... Well, why are they, like, something had to provoke this, and something did provoke that. Warren sent out a tweet earlier in the week, and she was calling out the Waltons for underpaying their staff at, like, Walmart and Sam's Club. And she called for, you know, she touted her wealth tax and said, this is why a 2% wealth tax would help our economy, because it would make them pay their fair share and perhaps maybe pay their employees more. And, you know, she does call for an increase in the minimum wage. You know, she supports $15 minimum wage. But I think, anyways, I think that's what um, encouraged these protesters and inspired them to come to the rally. <laughs> and, um, you know, after after um, they protested, Warren really just seemed, she seemed, you know, shook up and just something wasn't right. Now, Ayanna Presley was there with her. So she kind of took over the show and tried to calm the protesters down. And Warren talked to the protesters after the uh, event. So I think she definitely handled these protesters well, but she just appeared shook up after this. Now, here's the thing. If Warren is on the stage against Trump, she's not going to have anybody to, you know, bail her out or speak for her. 
It's just going to be her and Trump. Now, Warren's, you know, she's a good candidate. I don't mind her. But we got to look at when we're putting people against Trump, we got to have the strongest one. I don't think Warren's the strongest one. I think Bernie is. Um, I think Bernie's a stronger debater. But getting back to that, um, I think Warren definitely handled the protesters 100% better than Biden did. Absolutely. I think anybody can handle protesters better than Biden did in that rally. And um, so, yeah. So the next story is Lindsey Graham. So he storms off after being uh, confronted by a Marine Corps veteran about Trump. And the Marine Corps veteran was um, saying that Lindsey Graham took an oath to the Constitution. And so did Trump. Now, Trump broke his oath to the Constitution And he basically told Lindsey Graham, hey, by not supporting impeachment, you're breaking your oath to the Constitution. Now, Lindsey Graham storms off into his office and locks his door after being confronted. So, goes to show you that Lindsey Graham's a pussy. But props to um, that veteran for standing up uh, for what's right and standing up to Lindsey Graham. So, a federal judge has ruled that former White House counsel Don McGahn must... Uh, testify before Congress. So this should be pretty interesting uh, and give us more insight to what's actually going on. Now, the uh, Department of Justice says that they will try to fight this and uh, make sure that he doesn't uh, testify before Congress. Um, So this will definitely be a huge legal battle, and it'll be something um, just to look out for. And if he does comply and does testify, uh, we will definitely cover that, and that'll be another segment. Now, in foreign news, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been indicted for bribery, fraud, and breach of trust um, last Thursday. Netanyahu calls this investigation a witch hunt and a hoax. Um, Now, that sounds pretty similar to um, what Trump calls his investigation. So, everybody wonders, you know, what happens next? Does he get removed from office? Well, um, Israel's constitution, which is also known as Israel's basic law, you know, doesn't require... Netanyahu Netanyahu to step down Um, whether Netanyahu stays in office just depends on whether members of the Neset um, which is their parliament and members of the Likud party will allow Netanyahu as their next leader Um, Netanyahu Netanyahu has still not been able to form a government um, so it's looking more and more unlikely especially um, with him being indicted that he'll be able to stay in power so going to presidential campaigns Uh, Miramar, Florida Mayor Wayne Messam has dropped out of the Democratic presidential primary. Now, you're probably thinking, who? And that's what I was thinking, too, when I read the headline. Um, Yeah, he was in the race since April. Now, last quarter, he raised a measly $5. So, it just makes you wonder, why has he been in the race this long? Because if he raised $5, you know... He's going nowhere. And truthfully, I know absolutely nothing about this guy because it's like he really hasn't been campaigning, you know, with other candidates, even the smaller candidates like, you know, um, Tom Steyer, which I guess he's not really a super small candidate, but like Amy Klobuchar. I've seen her ads all over Facebook. I've seen her ads on Twitter. Well, I guess not now, but, you know, in the past and even Instagram. And I've seen nothing from Wayne Messam. Uh, so he, if, I'm sure if he campaigned a little bit more and got out, you know, more on the campaign trail, which who knows if he had the funds to do it, if he's raising just $5, <laughs> um, 
I think he definitely maybe would have been able to go somewhere, but that just depends because I really know nothing about the guy. I don't know much about his policy. I just know that he's a mayor from a small Florida city. Twenty presidential hopeful Andrew Yang is now going after MSNBC after he claims the network has not been covering his campaign fairly, and I think he has a, um, I think he has a good reason to be upset with them because at the debate, it was not until 32 minutes in the debate that he actually said anything, and the questions he was asked at the uh, debate, like, oh, what would your first call to Vladimir Putin be, were just pathetic. Like, I've never seen a debate conducted so horribly until that one. Like, the questions had no substance to them, and they were kind of like gotcha questions. Some of them were. And during the whole debate, he only spoke for six minutes. Keeping in mind, people that are polling lower than him spoke for double the amount of time he did. Now, that same evening that he called out MSNBC, hashtag boycott MSNBC was trending on Twitter for like two hours, which I thought was pretty great. Um, and they really, really need to cover the candidates more equally, more um, neutrally, because they just don't do a good job at that. And it's honestly not just MSNBC. It's pretty much all the networks that typically will favor. Uh, they have their favorites. You know, they will favor Warren or Biden. Um, and definitely people that they don't like, like Bernie, they'll actually smear and basically run an attack campaign on him so they really need to get their shit together and i think andrew yang is finally feeling um what people like bernie have been experiencing you know since 2016 now our next story is former president barack obama said he would try to stop bernie sanders from getting the nomination now this is extremely harmful because obama you know everybody likes obama in the democratic party even some you know, Sanders voters like Obama. And if he's going going to run an opposition campaign to Bernie, that could potentially hurt him because Obama's a respected figure. This is the same guy that has preached for unity, and now he wants to divide the party and bring a candidate down. Now, Obama has really changed in the last decade. In 2006, he was campaigning for Bernie Sanders, and now he's stabbing him in the back. Now, somebody made a really good point to me, and they said... The only thing that changed in Obama's eight years in the White House was Obama himself, and that is so true on many levels. Like, Obama came into the White House as a progressive who was going to bring about change and ended up bringing about a big disappointment. He was just a huge disappointment. Um, he advocated for universal health care. He advocated for ending the wars. And guess what? We got a shitty health care plan, and to this day is still awful and getting worse, and we're still in the same wars that we were in when he began and he even got us in more wars in more drone warfare so it's really sad he really sold out and you know a lot of people looked up to him and a lot of people still look up to him which is why I think it could hurt Bernie if Obama goes after him and attacks him and everything and uh, to that I say prepare for the shitstorm we're gonna have to do a lot of fighting back against false attacks and lies that Obama is about to bring about and this is going to wrap up this episode of Left Word. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. I will come out with podcasts every week. If you want to be on the podcast, just contact my business email, which is leftwordpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get you on the show, and uh, we can discuss politics. So thank you very much for listening and for your support, and I'll see you soon.